Yesterday here at All Saints, I led an Invite, Welcome, Connect workshop for about 150 folks from this diocese. We had six congregations represented, and All Saints was had a lot of those folks there. And um, what a gift it is to be invited here by your rector, Simon. The ministry of Invite, Welcome, Connect includes three vital essentials. Invite is just evangelism. Welcome is the ministry of hospitality, and Connect is giving meaning to membership. It's empowering laity for ministry. It's relational ministry. This morning, we will be asked in our baptismal covenant as we baptize these children, will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Proclaiming by word and example the good news of God in Christ is a good a definition of evangelism as there is. Some Episcopalians have a hard time, though, when it comes to when we say, I will with God's help. But some Episcopalians find it hard to really talk about evangelism very much, much less talk about their journey of faith or inviting someone to church. It's hard. So the primary objective of this ministry that I've created, that I've now taken to Sewanee out of the Diocese of Texas, um, is to help Episcopalians with those, with those things. Today's readings from the Old Testament reading to the Psalms to Paul's epistle to the church at Corinth to Jesus curing the sick and casting out demons. It's all about relational ministry. Lift your eyes on high. See who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them by name. The Psalms, calling them by name. As I present this work, I share the deep truths of each of these essentials, the deep truth of invite is courage. Courage versus fear. It takes courage to invite someone to church. It takes courage to share our faith story with others. But the bottom line is that evangelism is not so much about offering something that's ours to others, so much as it is just extending the invitation and getting out of the way, letting the Holy Spirit do the rest. As I take this work of Invite, Welcome, Connect around the country and the world, I took the work to Europe in May for the Episcopal Convocations in Europe. I share my story of how I grew up in Natchez, Mississippi, the middle child of five children, Southern Baptist. Tell people we had a drug problem. We were drugged to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, how I went to Mississippi State. I got married. Fast forward 20 years. We're living in Beaumont, Texas. We go through a divorce. I opened a business recruiting physicians. My husband at the time, my husband that I just divorced, was the president of all the Baptist hospitals. He became one of my clients. So I'm sitting in my office one day in Beaumont, Texas, and a woman who sits on a symphony league board with me called me. And she said, Mary, I'd love you to go to church with me sometime. And I said, where do you go to church, Sally? She said, I go to St. St. Mark's Episcopal Church. And everyone knew where St. Mark's was. It's a beautiful old downtown church. So I went to church with Sally, and I was overwhelmed. It was my first time in a liturgical church. About a year later, during that next year, I had found a therapist who happened to be Episcopalian. And my therapist started giving me books to read that opened my worldview. You know, when you grow up Southern Baptist in Mississippi, you don't even know who Henry Nowitt is, much less read him and reaching out. Or C.S. Lewis, or Joseph Campbell, The Power of Myth. 
or Hannah Hennard, Hind Speed on High Places. So my worldview was opening up. I was on the Young Life Committee, and our Young Life leader said, didn't you go to an Episcopal church a while back? I said, I did. He said, Mary, I go to a little small Episcopal church, St. Stephen's. I think you'll like our rector. Of course, he had to tell me what that was. And I said, um, he said, I think you'll like him. He's from Alabama. He speaks your language. (laughs) So I went to this little small Episcopal church, and I wound up joining that church. Because during that time with the therapist, I felt a call to ministry. Not to ordain ministry, but to lay ministry. So I joined that church, and I was on staff there for 10 years. It took courage, courage for Sally Dooley to pick up the phone and call me. She's an introvert. The deep truth of welcome is seeing the other. Welcoming the stranger is welcoming Jesus. Jesus asked us to see one another in a new way, in a way of love and compassion. And he modeled this for us all throughout scriptures. We are really called to see every single person with whom we have contact on a daily basis. And especially the people that walk in the doors of this church for the very first time. Welcome is one of the signs that a community is alive. A church that refuses to welcome, whether through fear or weariness or they're just tired of visitors, is dying spiritually. In doing this work, I share my story. My little grandson, Ike, named after my dad, born seven years ago on September 11th. He was bookended by my daughter-in-law, Lee, born on the 10th, and my son, born on the 12th. My son and daughter-in-law worked for DuPont. They were living in southern New Jersey. My my daughter-in-law worked as a chemical engineer, and she worked in the corporate office. When little Ike was born, they knew something was wrong immediately. He couldn't suck or swallow. So they life-lighted him over to the DuPont Hospital for Children, where after weeks in the PDICU, they determined he had a very rare neurological disorder called Mobius syndrome. It affects the sixth and seventh cranial nerves. So little Ike had no facial affect, couldn't suck or swallow. His little left hand and arm were smaller than his right. He had club feet. So they put a feeding tube in his stomach, and he sent us home. My son called me from the hospital, and he said, Mom, I was up there taking care of little two-year-old Abby. He said, Mom, find us a church. My daughter-in-law was a lapsed Catholic. My son had not been to church in years. So I got on the Internet in this little small New Jersey town. There was one church that had a website. It was this little historical Presbyterian church. Yesterday at the workshop, I showed the folks the picture of us coming up to that church, and I took a picture of the outside of the church before we went in. It was a beautiful fall morning. My son was carrying the big old Bible that my Southern Baptist father gave him for naming this child after him. He was carrying a bag with all the bells and whistles and tubes that you need for a child with a feeding tube. We went in the church that day. We left. No one even asked us our name. No one asked us our name. No one made any attempt to even find out who we were. I tell that story. It's heartbreaking. And my family lets me tell the story. And the reason I tell it is because my family needed community. And they needed a faith community. And when people walk in the doors of our churches, trust me, the Holy Spirit brings them here. And our job is not to pounce on people like we're selling a used car. But it's certainly not to let people walk out the door without being acknowledged, without being seen. Welcome. Our work, your work is to create safe spaces for people to come in the doors of this church 
for us to listen to their stories. We are to do the deep truth, seeing the other. And then the last one is connect. Connect. This essential starts with offering a safe space. And through the holy gift of listening, we help people discern their giftedness and encourage them in their life of faith. Connect is offering clear pathways of belonging where people can come in, newcomers can come in and be guided in their life of faith. Where we help people equip them to live into their baptismal covenant by offering their individual gifts and then their talents to help, up, help them hear their call. Because every single one of you in this room has a call. You may be called to lay ministry. You may be called to ordain ministry. But you all have gifts and you all have a calling as a Christian. The deep truth of connect is the sacred act of listening. When we relate to those around us by hearing their stories and then connecting them with others, we build the loving communities of faith that God intends for us. When newcomers come into our church, the last thing they need to hear is for us to tell them what we can do for them. What we need to be doing is listening to their stories, finding out what brought them here to begin with. At the end of the day, connect is about relationship. We were created, we exist in the image of a relational God. And our spiritual and our human connections are what give our life meaning. Neuroscience research now confirms that we humans are hardwired for connection. And that our nervous systems actually want us to connect with other human beings. So it shouldn't be surprising to us. That when people join our churches, but they don't find those relationships and those connections that are so vital to their spiritual, their mental, their emotional well-being, they go right out the back door in search of that deep longing. Could it be that today's readings are calling us all to look deeply into our hearts this morning, into our own thoughts and our intentions around the people we encounter on a daily basis? into our own call as lay and ordained people of God? Could it be that God is calling you out of your comfort zone this morning to have the courage just to invite someone to this beautiful, lively church at All Saints, to share your faith story, to have the courage to discern your own giftedness and then to use those gifts in the body of Christ? Could it be God is calling you to see others as Jesus sees them in the way of loving kindness and compassion and mercy? May this be our prayer today. May we ask God for courage, for faith, not fear. May we risk seeing others and welcoming the other. May the world see Christ in each one of us for that is our calling. Amen.